Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here, as always, with my co-hosts, Evan Hoovler and Mike Valverde. Uh, Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm sore. I've been exercising. Dr. Morse has me on this crazy exercises, and I'm sore. It's like I haven't been this sore since, like, my police academy days, so I'm just trying to rest up um, and kill as quickly as possible because, my goodness, these exercises are killing me. You got those DOMs that the late onset muscle soreness, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah. And, and not working out for a while or as many years as I haven't, especially with weights, it's just another, yeah. They're just, my body's just like, what are you trying to do to me? Yeah. So, uh, how yeah, did I uh, made the mistake of not easing back into it. And so I just did, I just did like some 90 pound bench presses the other day, like three reps of 10, and I hurt for a week. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't lift my arms for like a week. Yeah, yeah. Mine, mine is all like leg work, so it's like hard to walk. So yeah, exactly. Wow, wow. All right. Well, um, this has been Swolecast. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, um, Evan, how are you doing today with your uh, better than Derek Carr? Yeah, not even the Raiders losing to a pathetic team can get me down today. It's the last day before my kids get winter break. And usually that means two weeks of me having to do extra child care. But this year, this year, it means two weeks of me not having to be a teacher, an IT help desk, a janitor, a lunch lady, a yard duty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the, uh, you're living that core life with kids, so that, that can't be too uh, too uh, relaxing for you at, at any point. So, um, yeah, how did uh, you guys do so far in your, uh, your fantasy matchups? You guys got uh, any Darren Wallers? Any Josh Jacobs's is? I had Josh Jacobs versus his Austin Eckler. Uh, it's in my big money league. It's against my best friend, so one of us goes to the finals. So this is like the least competitive semifinals I've ever been in because we're like, hey, good job. But it was nice <laughs> to swing it. He was supposed to win by two, according to the quote projections, unquote. And now I'm supposed to win by seven. So that was nice. Yeah, how about you, Mike? Yeah, I have uh, Justin Herbert and Hunter Henry. Oh, look at that. Um, you know, what's great is in my my big league, you know, the one that I care most about, there's only four teams make the playoffs. Obviously, it's the semi, so there's only four teams in it anyways. But uh, the other matchup had Josh Jacobs versus Darren Waller, which in our scoring settings is a push. And uh, my matchup versus the other guy had no Chargers and Raiders last night. So the Thursday night football game had zero bearing on the playoffs. It was just kind of a push in, on one matchup and uh, just kind of uh, sat this one out in the other one. Wow. Uh, yeah, so while we're talking about it, let's get into Thursday Night Football, guys. Chargers 30, Raiders 27. Chargers are 5-9, and nine, Raiders are 7-7. Seven and seven, And um, I kind of alluded to it uh, talking to Evan. Uh, Derek Carr pulled his groin uh, on a scramble. Uh, near the end zone in the first half, Marcus Mariota came in for him. Looks like Derek Carr has a 10 to 14 day timetable um, for return. So he's going to miss next week. Uh, probably this is Thursday. So, um, you know, he does have a chance to squeak in under the wire for that 10 to 14 timeline. But I would say he's probably going to miss next week. Yeah, I think that was probably like one of the most obvious injuries ever. Yeah, he's just scrambling and he's going towards the sideline and he just pulls up lame and grabs his groin and everybody's like, "Well, I think he pulled his groin." Pulled his groin yeah. yeah, it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say so. I mean, I knew I knew it happened before that play even happened. I'm like, oh wow, Raiders, 
might make the playoffs. Oh, wow, it's week 15. Time for Derek Carr to get injured. Well, Oops. the Raiders. Injured. Yeah. yeah. And uh, last time. That's true. What was it last time he broke his back? Or was it the back break or the leg break? Leg break. I think but, it was the leg break. Yeah, man, Derek Carr, uh, kind of uh, snake bitten here. So um, week fifteen, can John yeah. Gruden just we're done? We, we win. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking at it. It looks like they play on Saturday next week. So the uh, uh, the schedule uh, gods are are not smiling on the Raiders for this. So um, in this one, for fantasy purposes, uh, Mike, you want to you killed Derek Carr. He said, "Can he hit top twelve for the third straight week?" So he killed his brain. That's what he did. Oh, but uh, Mark, let's talk about instead of Derek Carr, let's talk about Marcus Mariota. So Marcus Mariota, no preseason, no anything comes in. And, uh, you know, he was kind of like, I guess, the best version of, of Tennessee Marcus Mariota running nine times for 88 yards and a touchdown. Uh, not nothing too super impressive unless you think about how, you know, he's been sitting on his butt all season long, 226, one and one on 28 pass attempts. Uh, Derek, I mean, sorry, Marcus Mariota gets the Dolphins next week uh, in the finals. So we're not going to go out and get Marcus Mariota, right? This this is, this is a, a, a does not matter for fantasy purposes. Some people are rolling in two quarterback leagues where they had Taysom Hill. Those are the people that I've been like, well, take a look. That's true. That's true. And I, I saw I saw the perfect uh, the perfect tweet yesterday, and it ended up coming through, but it was about Tyler Johnson. It said, if you had to start Tyler Johnson tonight, how are you in your playoffs? And that's kind of how I feel about if you're starting Marcus Mariota next week, how are you in your playoffs? Like, how did that work? But uh, the Taysom Hill pivot is perfect, Evan. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, it looks like Drew Brees uh, rose from the grave. And Evan, you wanted to know about uh, what Justin Herbert would look like after his recent struggles. He looked like a fantasy asset. He looked good. I was watching the game, and uh, he was zipping passes all over the place in the first quarter. And I texted my buddy who has Herbert. I said, if you want Herbert next year in the auction, you better keep him because I'm coming for him. Number one quarterback in the week so far. <laughs> yeah, Derek Carr left after five pass attempts, so I would think so. Um, this one was crazy because the Raiders were just orchestrating these long, 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 long drives. They kept talking about how they had a 10-minute drive, and I believe it was the fourth quarter they had a 10-minute drive, and it was just like they just kept going and going and going. And then uh, in overtime, they took up over uh, half of overtime on their drive. So uh, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I'll go for it, Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go for it. No, no, you hit it first. Okay, so um, two two things about about this situation, I think, is number one is we have to look at the snaps for the, the Chargers. And both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, they were dealing with injuries. So they had uh, 23 and 27, which was – they were basically the, the third and fourth receivers on, on the field. Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson – led the team in tar- in snaps with 49 and 36. So basically, Justin Herbert was throwing to Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson for most of the game. Uh, now, that's really good for Justin Herbert because he doesn't have star receivers and he's throwing to secondary receivers and had a great game. But it also speaks to the Ra- Raiders' defense. And if you can have a great game using backup receivers against a poor defense, how really good are you? Um, 
with with both situations. So the Raiders defense is really, really, really bad, or Justin Herbert is just really, really, really good. And uh, I think I'll take Justin Herbert as really, really good. Yeah, it was um, uh, uh, Herbert was just carving him up. What you would expect to do a quarterback to uh, what you would expect a quarterback to do against a bad defense. And the first drive, the first couple drives, it was just like. He was like he was playing Madden on easy mode and he was like, you know what, I'm just going to I'm only going to throw 10 yards downfield. That's it, because it was just like just these bullets that he's just throwing around. But um, one thing I forgot to mention, uh, you you mentioned Keenan Allen and uh, Mike Williams. Um, He was without a weapon. Justin Jackson was a healthy scratch. So we had a big uh, conversation this season about Justin Jackson versus uh, Josh Kelly. And it looks like the answer is Kalen Balaj, who got the one-yard rushing touchdown in this one, uh, which is kind of interesting. So um, did Herbert make it? (laughs) I know there were some questions on the game-winning touchdown. I think he did. There were some, there were oh, some he people. Was in. Yeah. He was in. yeah. But what's crazy is the, the first rush where he fumbled the ball, but the, but the chargers recovered, like that's the sort of thing that, you know, this year, that's, that's the type of ball that the chargers lose and end up losing the game. What What's funny is that that was a fumble and the re that, that snap where he fumbled the ball and then they, yeah. they covered it, but it wasn't a touchdown. The only reason why it wasn't a touchdown was because of the 1970s Raiders mm-hmm. Chargers game, the Holy Roller, yep. which made it not a touchdown. So it was just sort of an interesting um, replay back to to all of that situation. We can't go one week without talking about a Raiders game with a weird rule, but that's mostly Evan uh, airing grievances against Tom Brady for the tuck <laughs> rolls. So we finally have a Holy Roller reference instead. <laughs> I would be surprised if, even with the overtime, this wasn't the fastest NFL game of the year. I'm trying. I can't find any records of it right now. But uh, Andrea Kramer and Hannah Storm pointed out the first half was done less than an hour after kickoff. Yeah. No, I remember um, I was uh, getting ready because um, I feed my my pets at six o'clock, and I was like, oh, I'll feed them, you know, after this break. And I looked at my watch, and I was like. It's only 540 because it was like between it was like partway through the second quarter when we're usually, you know, that's usually happened about six, six, 15. And it was just firing on all cylinders this game, which was nice. Uh, nice to see. But, uh, yeah, I think the overtime um, kind of changed that uh, that calculation a little bit. So um, something we missed, something that's nice is Darren Waller seems to be quarterback proof. Uh, uh, like I said, Derek Carr only threw the ball three times to- or five times for three completions. And Derek Waller went nine for 150 and a touchdown on 12 targets. So he is not somebody you have to worry about with Marcus Mariota under center next week against the Dolphins. He's set and forget. You don't have to outthink yourself. But I'm saying this for the people in our Discord. You don't have to outthink yourself. Just keep Darren Waller in your lineup. Nelson Aguilar uh, dislocated his finger and they kept showing it. And that was disgusting. Uh, nobody <laughs> wanted to see that, but they kept having close-ups of his finger. Um, and uh, Josh Jacobs um, had, let's see, 76 rushing, 38 receiving, and a touchdown. So Josh Jacobs did uh, Josh Jacobs thing. If you weren't one of the people on Twitter who were like, well, I'm going to bench Josh Jacobs for what he did to us last week. Yeah, I'm sure he's crying in his cereal about that because you benched him. Um. I'm sorry. ESPN just keeps playing videos on the side of my my screen. Um, Austin Eckler. You're going to be more like CBS. 
it's uh, this autoplay and it's it's got a delay too, so I forget about it till it starts. Um, Austin Eckler, uh, 79 total yards on 17 touches. I mean, you'll you'll take it. It's not what you wanted, but you know you'll you'll have to take it. Mike Williams, Mike mentioned. Uh, we won't get into it too much. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen combined for three for 39 on five targets. Uh, this is kind of what you were risking when you started him, so the risk didn't come through. Um, but, uh, uh, Hunter Renfro took a nasty hit in this one. That's pretty much the only injury other than Derek Carr, uh, other than Joey Bosa got uh, evaluated for a concussion, but I didn't see the results of that. So next week, what, the, go ahead, Mike. Sorry, what, what, what do you think was, was, um, worse, the Raiders defense or the fact that they keep kept making, um, John Gruden's hat a thing? Oh, God, just show it once. You don't have to do it over and over. <laughs> I mean, I was like, they're actually making this a thing where, oh, Twitter's involved now. And it's like, who cares? It's, it's- yeah, it's a funny, it was funny. It was a funny curiosity once. And what was good was I was watching the Scouts feed on, on Amazon and they were just like, oh, they're showing the hat again. <laughs> like, they were like, Jesus. Reminds they me of when we toured the Saints facility and we're just in a random back room with, dozens of non-labeled cardboard boxes and our tour host just reaches for one and oh it's full of hats who wants a hat and i'm like how many hats do you have in boxes back here <laughs> yeah so, so i imagine awesome. john green was just like i need a hat Give me, let me go to the hat room and just grab one yeah my actually my guess as to what happened was john gruden was just like in his office and was like oh i gotta get out there let me just grab this hat and didn't even realize it but yeah it's just you know, what's good about the scouts feed is sometimes they're because they don't have control of the screen. They're just watching the Fox feed, basically. Sometimes they're just like, oh, OK, we're, we're doing this again. Sure. <laughs> and it, that was with the hat. And if you didn't see, he he came out in an Oakland Raiders hat and then he changed it to a Vegas Raiders hat. Ooh, that's the height of hilarity, guys. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. That has to be a thing to talk about. It's like, oh. Yeah. Over and over. So. All right. Let's uh, you know what that is. That's a real football absurdity. All yeah. right. So let's get into the week 15 games. It is the semifinals. Uh, before I do that, just want to remind everybody, if you have any start sick questions, you can head over to our Discord. If you go to tiny.cc slash FB absurdity, um, a lot of people in the Discord, a lot of people discussing a lot of start sick questions. You can ask a question in there. You might get 10 different answers, but you'll get reasons for all those answers. So you can uh, do a good job in making your decisions for this week or a bad job. But the good news is, is you'll have somebody to blame. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and let's get started on, uh, week 15. Um, and I'm definitely not stalling because I have to get back to this. So, all right. So we got two Saturday games to talk about. Uh, the first game is Buffalo at Denver. Uh, this one is a, uh, 1:30 Pacific start on Saturday. So keep that in mind this week. You, there are Saturday games. You don't want to wake up on Sunday morning and, you know, accidentally have started Curtis Samuel who might not play tomorrow. So, uh, this one is bills and Broncos. Bills are 10 and three Broncos are five and eight. This is a 49 point over under with the Buffalo bills as five and a half point favorites. John Brown has been ruled out of this one. Uh, Noah Fant, who left the game last weekend with a non-COVID illness. Um, my theory is that it's uh, vaguely uh, Lamar Jackson-ish, was my theory. Um, 
he is off the injury report, so he should be good to go. Both Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay were on the injury report. Uh, Melvin Gordon with a shoulder, Philip Lindsay with a knee, but both are expected to play against what's suddenly become a strong Buffalo defense. So in this one, uh, Evan, you want to know about that uh, Buffalo defense if it's a top five play this week. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious it was. They played Pittsburgh last week and were a top six defense. And Denver is not Pittsburgh. What I what so I'm gonna watching them because they're still available in almost uh, 41%, almost half the leagues. So uh, and they play Patriots who give up fantasy points uh, in the week 16. So check them out, people. If you're still looking for it, you might be in a league where you can grab a top five defense off the waiver wire during the playoffs. That what what are the odds of that? How come? What's with the spreads this week? Five and a half? Who's who's thinking that Denver's going to win by less than, lose by less than a touchdown? What what is going on? Yeah, that's a weird line. It's, it's a especially a weird line with such a with an over under under forty nine. Like, do they think that Denver? Do they think that Von Miller's coming back for this game or something? You know, it's it's, it's going to be what twenty five to tw- wait twenty seven to twenty two. Yeah, that's the implied, which I guess four <laughs> touchdowns. I mean, that's not so bad, but that's yeah. So it's a weird, it's a weird spread um, on this one. There's some weird lines on this where if I could bet in California, I would definitely be betting. So um, we'll see how that goes. And and uh, Mike, you wanted to know. Uh, speaking of the Buffalo Bills uh, winning this one, you wanted to know if Josh Allen could uh, return to form is back in the top twelve this week. Yeah, he fell out last week, but most of that is because. Uh, he played the Steelers, and mm-hmm. now he has the Denver Broncos. And the Broncos aren't as tough as the Steelers, but they are pretty tough. They're the 13th toughest against quarterbacks and fantasy points allowed. I think probably one of the major difference is that Pittsburgh uh, consist- consistently blitzes the quarterback. They blitz at a 40% rate, where uh, Denver only goes 29 so I think that will give Allen some time to breathe and find the open receiver. Even though he fell out last week, I, I do believe that he will be a top 12 this week. All right. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, he was like 13th, wasn't he? Yeah. He was yeah. barely outside of it, but yeah, he was, he was, yeah, he was outside, but just barely. But uh, I sure hope that that's the case given that uh, I have him in my uh, home league. Um, I would definitely love that. So I, re- um, I, I remember in early of the season, People, when Josh Allen got such a hot start, people were trading him, and they weren't really digging into trade. They weren't really demanding top dollar for him. They were trading him as if he had to go. And I'm like, why? And they're like, have you seen his playoff schedule? It's Pittsburgh, Denver, and New England. And I'm like, dude, that's like two months from now. I got to get there first. And now it's like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, people people tend to think that Denver is still Denver, you know, but they're they're not this season, at least. They're they're a beatable matchup. So um, I'm rolling, I'm rolling Josh Allen out there. I hope that uh, he has a good game this week. So let's talk about the other Saturday game this week. It's Carolina at green Bay. This one is at five 15 Pacific on Saturday. So please keep this stuff in mind when you're setting your lineups, there are Saturday games. Um, the, the worst thing that could happen is you forget and uh, you lose out on, um, you know, starting players that you wanted to start because of it. Uh, 51, 0.5 over under and the Packers are eight point favorites injuries in this one. CMC is doubtful with a thigh injury, the thigh injury that never ends for Christian McCaffrey. Um, 
Curtis Samuel popped up late in the week on the injury report with a hamstring issue because it is a short week uh, for him and he did pop up late. I'm not going to rely on Curtis Samuel, but lucky since it's an early game, uh, you can have pretty much the whole league to pivot to. Um, DJ Moore is off the COVID list as well. And uh, Jay Sternberger, tight end for the Packers, stays in the concussion protocol. So you can keep rolling out your Robert Tunyons. So in this one, Evan, you wanted to know why the spread is already eight. You shot, you shot your what's the deal already? Well, I didn't realize the, the Buffalo spread was listed as different than uh, than it, it moved on me from seven, which I'm like, oh, all right, to five and a half. But yeah, oh, Green yeah. Bay as Green Bay as well. Uh, who is betting on the Panthers? Like anywhere, like even in Carolina, they they clearly want to lose. They clearly don't want to start. Uh, what was I saying? What was I saying? Did I say this in the Tuesday podcast? Yeah, I mentioned they are in the running for the fourth overall draft pick. All they got to do is keep doing what they're doing, which is losing. And it's not like the coach, usually the coach, uh, you know, tries to win to save his job. But Matt Rule just signed a seven-year, $60 million deal. I don't think he's going anywhere. They're not bailing on him after one bad year where the top player was injured. I don't know. I don't I don't. I don't see them keeping this close. It's it's you know it's the it's the end of the year and I'm doing less of watching to see what I can use going forward because I can only use what I see for one more week and I have 14 weeks of data behind me to disprove anything that seems to be an aberration. So right now I'm just watching and going, huh, what is going on with the reality of this game? Which is that people seem to be betting on Carolina enough for Green Bay as a single digit favorite. Yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure. Um... Mike, you're you're pretty good at, at discerning, um, you know what what the thought might be. So, do you have any idea what what it might be, or are you as uh, flabbergasted as the rest of us? As far as the point spread going, yeah. Um, well, I I don't know. Like, um, maybe DJ Moore bouncing back from COVID has has something to do with it. Um, not really, to be honest with you. Why such a slide? I know the Panthers, even though. They're way out of it, and they're not really paying for much. They're they're consistently ready to play. They're they're not like you, you don't watch them and go, God, they're just you know not even covering defense. They're always you know in a mode of play. So I think that might have something to do with it. But to be really to say, okay, this is it. No, I don't, I don't have an answer. All right, fair enough. And um, my guess is um, what's changing the betting line is uh, Matt Rule's mother is a degenerate gambler. That's my guess. That's I like just that. my. Yeah, that's my guess at it. I have no nothing to back it up, but that's what I'm saying. She's a she's a huge fish that she moves lines so much. Um, so this one, I mean, there's there's is there any questionable start in this one? As I guess would be my question to you guys. And uh, Mike, you want to know if Mike Davis could be top twenty in this? So I guess that kind of rolls into what I was wondering. Yeah, I, I, you know, with McCaffrey out for whatever reasons they're coming up with um, on a weekly basis, just so they don't play him um, because he's not going to play uh, this week or for the rest of the season. So um, maybe it's just one of those where, you know, we'll, we'll just pick a body part and whatever that is for the week, McCaffrey will be out because of it, um, which means that Mike Davis will again be the starter and he scored at least 15 PPR points. In two of his past three starts and has the Packers and the Packers allow running back to score or gain at least 100 total yards in all but one game this season. So expect 100 yards from from Davis once again. 
Um, and they and they give it up in the air too. So Mike Davis is going to be be there as well. Uh, eight running backs have at least four catches against the Packers, and as I said, that that is very good news for Davis in PPR. So if you're a PPR league and you have Mike Davis, roll him out. Yeah, I think uh, what's been happening is uh, people keep thinking that uh, Christian McCaffrey is is coming back, Mike. To your point, and then they keep dropping Mike Davis, which you know, fool me once, you know, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you, or fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, I won't get fooled again, whatever, whatever the saying George W. Bush says, yeah, that, uh, that, that he invented, uh, it's just so funny that we've come all the way this year, and, and Mike Davis might be the type of guy that uh, gets you to your fantasy finals, so, um, yeah, the Packers are horrible on, uh, in the run game. They haven't fixed that. They started calendar year 2020 horrible in the playoffs, and they're ending the calendar year 2020 horrible in the fantasy playoffs against running backs. So, how many yards uh, did the 49ers gain on, on them on that? Was it like 300 yards in the playoffs that, last year? Um, I think Mostert had 200 yards just on his own in the in that playoff game. Let me see. Uh, let's see. Raheem Mostert had. Oop, that's the Super Bowl. I was like, he didn't have that much. Yeah, you don't uh, want to look at that. I don't want to look at the Super Bowl. Uh, rushing I'm yards. Right now. Let's he see. He had 220 rushing yards just to himself. Yeah. And the Niners had... Debo had 43, and <laughs> Coleman had 21, um, and then Jimmy Garoppolo had negative one. But it was the best negative one. Oh, yeah. total. 285. There you go. So, yeah. Uh, Negative one means victory. That's right. Whenever you see, I always love it when you see a quarterback go three for negative three. I was like, that was a good end to that game for that team. <laughs> yep, 42, 42 carries, eight passes thrown for the Niners. They weren't even trying to front. Yeah, that was the sort of thing where people were, were kept going like, well, the 49ers don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why they did this, that, and the other. And I kept t- telling people, I was like, tell me at which point they should have stopped running the football. Right, exactly. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> Especially in the playoffs. I mean, that that was one of the reasons why I had a very good feeling that the 49ers were going to go to the Super Bowl is because they had one of the best defenses, if not the best defense, and they could run the ball very, very well. And that's how you win in playoffs. You have to have a very good run game and a great defense. Oh, that's right. And um, I'm listening back to uh, some of the episodes we did toward the end of last season for some offseason content. And I was listening to the episode uh, after uh, the 49ers won and they were 13 and three. And I was talking mad piles of trash to both of you about the 49ers having a week one by. And I'm like, man, you were so young. You didn't know what was coming for the Niners in 2020. <laughs> oh boy! All right, let's let's. Well, let's, you could just cut, chalk it up to 2020. You know, everything is wrong in 2020. Nothing, nothing good happens in 2020. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's uh, get back into the 2020 Week 15 season. Um, let's talk about uh, the Sunday games. First game up is Tampa Bay. And Atlanta, uh, Tampa Bay is eight and five. The Falcons are four and nine. They are six point road do- or home dogs in this one. Uh, the Buccaneers six point favorites, and it is a forty eight and a half point over under. Um, injuries in this one. Uh, there was a thing in the middle of the week where the Buccaneers special team specialists, so their kicker, punter, long snapper, 
all hit COVID IR because they were close contacts. They've all been cleared off of that. So you're good to go on there. Um, but the bad news, uh, Donovan Smith, the left tackle, is on the COVID list, as is Ronald Jones. It's Ooh. already questionable that he was going to play this week because he got the same finger surgery that uh, Chris Godwin did. But um, he hit COVID uh, IR, so he's not going to be playing this week. So um, if anybody was not in danger of close contact, it would be the punter and the long snapper. That's true. Well, if you ever see the the three of those guys, the long snapper, the punter, and the kicker, just kind of yuck it up on the sidelines, just like all the time, the three of them just hanging out. Um, so maybe that's why. But um, in this one, uh, Mike, you want to know if a, a Rojo-less uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers can lead Chris Godwin to top 24 status this week after a disappointing week 14. Yeah, he did have a disappointing week 14, but Godwin is... You know how we talk about T.Y. Hilton with Houston. Uh, Godwin is sort of that kind of form with with uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, he has five touchdowns in his past three games against the Falcons. Uh, and then, you know, talking about the finger, hopefully that's healed. Uh, and prior, prior to that down week, he had scored at least 15 PPR points in three consecutive games. I'm expecting that kind of be, if not better, against this Atlanta defense um, who have allowed four receivers to either score or gain 100 receiving yards in their past two games. So they're giving it up to at least one. And I think Chris, Chris Godwin is going to be that guy, especially considering his past history. You mean it's not going to be Antonio Brown coming out of the ether to, uh, to finally do something for the, for the Buccaneers? I think as long as is camera cameras aren't involved and they are, you know, he might just get angry at a camera and break one. And then, you know, he's tossed for the rest of the game. Well, that's unfortunate for him. Um, but yeah, so um, Evan, in this one, uh, kind of rolling into what uh, Mike was saying, you are you're you're wanting to see if Tampa Bay's passing game can have a bounce back week this week. Yeah, this is a piece of advice that I really didn't get a chance to give to many people because if you're already in your fantasy football semifinals, you know that this is a great matchup. You know that it's bounce back week. Tom Brady is going to be top top six probably, definitely top ten. Uh, both Godwin and Evans are must starts, top twenty four locks. So yeah, uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that happen against an Atlanta team that confounded my Raiders passing game and that was weird and I want it to be weird and so I want Tampa Bay I want Tom Brady to go out there and make my Raiders look bad by proxy which is what he does so do it for me so I feel good about the Raiders being weird (laughs) I mean uh, that's one way to do to uh to feel better about your team is to root for completely different uh, outcomes in other games (laughs) yes I've somehow mentally gymnasticized my way into rooting for Tampa Tampa Bay so I feel bad about the Raiders so you're rooting about you're rooting for Tom Brady is what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I meant to say. I meant to say Tom Brady, but I, the, the TB I wrote down on my notes here and I read those Tampa Bay tuberculosis. All right. <laughs> Speaking of the Raiders, before we move on to the next game, I just got an alert. Uh, uh, Derek Carr, according to John Gruden, is 50-50 for next week. So we'll see how that oh, goes. But yeah, I was gonna say he's he's 50-50 means he he ain't gonna play next week. I don't think there's nothing for the. I mean, I don't know all the permutations, and we'll know after this uh, this week much better, but I don't think the Raiders are going to be playing for anything next weekend. They need to play for next year. No matter Even if they sneak into the playoffs this year, next year, they build. He needs to build and have a playoff run, and that starts next year. There you go. 
Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's getting to be that time of year where people just start shutting players down. Unless you're the 49ers in Dallas, San Francisco at Dallas, San Francisco 5-8, and eight, Dallas 4-9, 45-point over-under, Niners 3-point favorites. Uh, that's crazy. Um, Zeke uh, has a calf issue, and he was limited in practice this week, but he is expected to play. Uh, go ahead and see if uh, Tony Pollard's on your uh, waiver wire. He's surprisingly low rostered, um, given that it's the playoffs and Zeke might not play. But if you have Zeke, you might not be in your playoffs. Um, so that that that's why. So speaking, the reason I brought up the 49ers, not just packing it in for the season. George Kittle has been designated to return from IR. He's not playing this weekend. He's been ruled out. Debo Samuel also ruled out. Raheem Mostert was limited in practice. He was questionable, but he is likely to play this weekend. If not, Jeff Wilson Jr. is a good pivot. I've been talking about him for a couple weeks. He cashed in last week with a touchdown, so I felt very smart. And um, in this one, uh, Evan, you, you said, I don't know, man. Is Greg Zerline a, a good play in a bad season? Do you want me to give you a better question? Sure. I mean, the, I need to say something about fantasy. And Mike took an Elliott question, so I'm like, ah. Can we see some sort of growth and development from the rookie wide receivers in this game? Oh CD yeah, La- Brandon and Yuck. That that's and, exciting. And CD Lamb. Sure, not as exciting. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, Brandon Ayuk and CD Lamb, a couple of first round wide receivers uh, uh, matching up in this one. Ayuk is top ten predicted projected. Yeah, I mean, he had 16 targets last week without Debo. No Debo, no George Kittle. Um, I think they'll have to throw a lot, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, Mike, when Debo's been out, Ayuk has really taken advantage. So, yeah, if you have Ayuk, you, you definitely put him in there. Yeah, buddy, he's been really good without Debo. I think I talked, was it Tuesday or the Friday podcast where I talked about how he's played really well? He's just had these weird breaks because of COVID and the 49ers bye. So he never got that, like, hype motive or uh momentum going right exactly it was like he, he one or two weeks he was really well and then like something would happen and then all that all that noise would dissipate because there's a break or COVID 19 or whatever and it just sort of didn't that train couldn't keep mo- um, going down the track just because of those you know situations yeah he was a close contact twice like, come on, how unlucky do you have to get <laughs> to be a close contact twice? All right, so you said I got to get him into my lineup, right? Here's a question for you guys. I got A.J. Brown versus Detroit, Stefan Diggs at Denver, Brandon Ayuk at Dallas, and Robert Woods versus the Jets. Oof. Well, I think it's definitely Ayuk or Woods in that situation. As Is the odd man out? Oh, is odd man out? No, is the ones you play. Um... Oh, and I have James Robinson. For at Baltimore on my bench because I yeah, have a flex. I, I, yeah, um, Robinson would probably be on my bench too, even though he. Well, we'll get into my question with Robinson later, but I, I think, um, yeah, I would put him on my bench. I agree. Oh, and I have Cam Akers. Oh, you got to go with Cam Akers. <laughs> this 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 team is just monstrous, and I don't know who to start. Uh, I started Eckler. That didn't work out. But I got running backs, Chubbs, Brand, or Chubb, James Robinson, and Cam Akers. And then I got all these wide receivers. My goodness. Dude, these Yahoo leagues are a joke. This Yahoo Pro League is a joke. So, um, all right. And, uh, Mike, uh, while we're talking running back start sits, you want to know if we could sit Zeke Elliott? Yeah. Not only um, – even if he didn't have this 
calf injury, which he played through against Cincinnati, uh, and the fact that they might bench him, even if he that wasn't the case, I, you know, I, I, I he he hasn't been good. He's only had two games with at least 12 PPR points since week five. He hasn't scored a touchdown since that week as well, week five. Uh, he struggled against the 49ers, um, and the. Fortnighters, Buffalo, Washington, um, all, all those teams, Fortnighters are locked down. They haven't scored a touchdown against the 49ers. And then, you know, you're you're looking at just him, in, you know, if you're looking at where he would rank as far as all the other running backs is a starter sit. And then you're, you're looking at the bottom of the totem pole for him. So it, given 100% healthy, I don't like this matchup. I don't like the fact that how he's been forming since week five. And I wouldn't start him. I mean, it's hard to say you don't start Ezekiel Elliott, but you don't start Ezekiel Elliott. Is this is this uh, more hope so that you can keep your hair right? You know, I, that, that crossed my mind a little bit. But, you know, to be honest with you, um, no, I, I, I think... I mean that that kind of has a feeling to it, but I really, I, I mean, like I said, it's hard not to say don't start Ezekiel Elliott, but I don't think you start Ezekiel Elliott. I just, yeah, I mean, no, I I think that if I had Ezekiel Elliott on my team and I'm looking at sort of like what you're saying, Cam Makers, uh, I would even start, and it didn't work as well. But when you're playing the Raiders, then you know you're you're also looking at at what you did. And so, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't see it unless your team is absolutely garbage at the running back position. But if you're in the playoffs and you're probably in the semifinals right now, you probably have good options at running back. And so I would start those good options. That's right. a good point. Zeke scored one touchdown in his last eight games, and he's topped 100 yards total just once. So if you, if you didn't go on a big losing streak there, it's because you managed to find some other running backs. Yeah, and uh, that's that's a great way that in the end of the year, you know, they say dance with who brung you, and, you know, the guys you drafted high aren't necessarily the guys who are the ones who brung you. Exactly. So, so, uh, so yeah, benching Ezekiel Elliott, that might be it, Chief, as the kids say. And uh, let's see, hair watch for Mike, number seven. So he, you said he's going to be outside the top eight? I said he'd be eight, eight or less. Eight or less? Wow. Shoe in, buddy. Shoe this is down to the wire. He's barely ahead of Kareem Hunt, ahead of Mike Davis, ahead of David Montgomery, who are all three within striking distance. Is so this I total think or average? This is total in full right. PPR. So, all right, cool. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one, which is Detroit and Tennessee. This is also a 10 a.m. game. This is a 51 and a half point over under. Tennessee, 11 point favorites in this one. Matthew Stafford did not practice all week with a ribs issue. Um, we don't know at this point if he's going to play. I'm leaning towards him not playing. Kenny Galladay with a hip issue is likely done for the year. As for the Titans, they don't have any notable injuries. They have the normal thing that they do every week with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis where they let them sit on Wednesday, so they're listed as questionable. And then you get the little alert that says, oh, nope, they're good to go. They're healthy. Uh, they just had to uh, get some rest. So with that in mind, Mike, you want to know if Corey Davis can be a top 24 play this week. Yeah, and a lot of this has to do with the Lions, and they have allowed 92 catches, 1,200 yards, and five touchdowns from receivers that play from Washington, Carolina, 
Houston, Chicago, Green Bay. And over that span, eight receivers have scored at least 13 PPR points. I, I like Davis, and, and I like A.J. Brown. I like them both. And as Davis was listed as a starter um, last week with his matchup against the Jags, uh, he, he didn't do too well. But before last week, in week would be 13, he was wide receiver number one in PPR. So I, I think this will be another great week for Corey Davis, and he should not only finish in top 24, but probably be uh, a top 12 Unless AJ Brown just completely dominates, and I and I don't see that happening. I'll uh, I'll take that as somebody who is starting both Corey Davis and AJ Brown in multiple leagues. Like I said, I got them both. I'm just starting them both because they come they always combine to do something. So that'll be interesting to see how they do this weekend. Uh, when I was watching uh, the highlights of Devonte Adams last week catching footballs and just running wide open. I mean, one, it's he's Devonte Adams, but two. There was nobody within yards of him as he was just running around the whole field. So um, I, I feel good about that for the Titans this weekend. And uh, something else I feel good about the Titans is Derrick Henry smashing. Evan wants to know if he will hit 200 yards rushing in this primo matchup. Yeah, Tennessee's got everything to play for. You know, they, they're right there in the playoff cusp and and they need to keep winning. So it's not like they're going to arrest him for a playoff streak. Uh, Jamal Lewis, Chris Johnson... Barry Sanders, Terrell Davis, O.J. Simpson, and Eric Dickerson are, of course, have what in common? Uh, what's the list? Are those the 2,000 runners? 2,000 yard runners? They are. Uh, I thought with maybe O.J. Simpson in there, you, I, I would get some dark humor out of you all, but I'm glad that you. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you went the high road. Uh, uh, he needs to hit, and Jeff mentioned this last time. He needs to hit 157 yards in his remaining three games, and against a Detroit team that has given up on defense. I mean, Tennessee is 11 point favorites for this one, and and uh, he could well get a very nice, not just hit 157, but get a very nice cushion. And if he does hit that. 200 yard mark it will mean he needs to he could set the record 2105 if he averages 187 in his remaining two games not likely at all but it'll definitely be uh make its rounds on the media discussions so and i like that i like to see a season for all seasons and he's he's looking like he's having a season for all seasons yeah, he's hitting he's hitting his stride um, in this one. It's it's uh, uh, he does it every winter. So we'll see how this goes for uh, Derrick Henry. But I think he is going to smash the Lions this weekend. Um, I think there will be I have a, 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 I'm looking forward in the future to memes that I will see on Twitter this weekend where it's going to be the scene of the Lion King where Mufasa's dead and Simba's like pushing on him. Like, Dad, wake up. And it's going to be Derrick Henry with the Mufasa head on because he killed the Lions. That's what I'm that's what I'm predicting, predicting that I will see in this one. So um, from one AFC South team, let's go ahead. Let's talk about a couple other AFC South teams. Houston, four and nine. The Colts, nine and four. And I have stalled long enough for Evan to change his question in the Google Doc. (laughs) Fifty one point over under Colts, seven and a half point favorites and um <laughs> i was watching heaven change it in the dock and i was like oh, i gotta i gotta delay uh oh. duke what's that mike I, I was like um evan they didn't get destroyed 
last month. I think you're thinking of Tennessee. Love but, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Uh, injuries in this one. Duke Johnson did not practice this week with an ankle injury. Um, he's questionable for this weekend. Cooks was limited with a neck issue on Thursday, but they're expecting him to play. David Johnson says he's, quote, fully in coming off of the COVID IR. He missed week 14 with that. Um, Mike, you ready for the sad news roundup for your uh, for your tight ends? Mo Ali Cox, Jack Doyle with knee issues, both did not practice on Thursday. Trey Burton was not targeted last week. So, ah, ouch for the Colts there uh, at their tight end slot. Well, but talking at, about non-fantasy relevant players, I do have some good news. What's that? Congratulations on your punter uh, beating cancer and returning to practice. Oh, yeah. Oh, Rigoberto Sanchez is back at practice? Cool. Yep. Yeah, they, cut it awesome. off, they still have to see if it metastasized or whatever if it spread. But right now, it's looking like he's cancer-free and he's, pl- he's playing again. Would you say that he probably kicked it? <laughs> Sorry, I had to. He punted it away. He punted it away. Yeah, it would have been better if it was... Uh, no, I'm not going to say it would be better if one other person got cancer instead. That would be messed up, even if it is for a joke. Um, but, Evan, you want to know JT is good in this one. And I assume... That by JT, you mean Jason Thompson, former Kings uh, player, right? Sure. Uh, I mean JT Barrett, the Ohio State quarterback. Um, So this is really um, just a nice little culmination of a year-long saga where Jonathan Taylor, we didn't get a preseason to evaluate him, so we didn't quite know, looked looked okay, showed great growth in in the early midseason, went on a bit of a rut there where there was a couple of damning press reports showing that he just was no longer looking uh, for angles or keeping his head up, then started to learn from that, then broke out, and now he's hot, top 10 guy. And so I'm looking forward to these last three games going, ah, you did it, man. You you learned from your mistakes. You had a great season, and now you are first-round candidate running back. I always love to see those emerge. Mike, what do you think about that? You were uh, you were talking last week that you're still not sold on on Jonathan Taylor. At least that's what I got from you. Yeah, I'm not 100% sold yet. I, I he's looked much better, but you know it's uh, it's it's those tough defenses that you want to see, and he hasn't faced a tough defense yet. Uh, you know, any Kalen Balaz can blow up uh, an easy defense, but I like the way. Huh? I'm sorry. He won't this week. No. Um, um, but, um, yeah, I, I, I like the way he's scanning the field and he's doing much better as a rookie. So hopefully it was just the fact that there was no preseason and no OTAs. And now he's just taking it step by step, listening to the coaches, listening to, I mean, he has Tom Rathman as his coach, running backs coach. So it's, he, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling much, much better about their selection of Jonathan Taylor than I was in the beginning of the year. Oh, good. And I say this, I usually say this facetiously, but actual 49ers legend Tom Rathman. <laughs> I usually say that facetiously. Evan, what were you going to say? I suspect he just hit a wall, as a lot of running backs are to do, because the, you know, the college season is, is one third as long, two thirds of the size, the length of the regular season. I bet you he just, coming out of his bye, he was just in a slump for three weeks. I, I don't know what it was, but I think, but I don't know. Well, he he struggled. He struggled even from the very looking, beginning. He wasn't doing the things. There's a whole tape on there. He wasn't doing the things he was doing the first six games: keeping right. his head up, scanning yep. for lanes, yep. buying time instead of plunging forward. He just he got the yips. Yeah, all those things that you mentioned were a big part of his problems. Not seeing 
the open holes, making the wrong decisions, uh, everything. And I don't know if the light bulb just turned on for him working with Tom Rathman or, or what, but he's, I mean, obviously bad defenses help, but um, next week when they play the Steelers, I'm looking forward to that. That's definitely something I'm, I'm going to be digging into. All right, and so in this one, though, you want to know about uh, T.Y. Hilton, if he'll be top 12 against the uh, Houston Texans yet again, and you are double-dipping. You also want to know if Chad Hansen is full-giving. So you're watching wide receivers. I'm watching wide receivers, and yeah, you know, it's talking about just a a surprise that's just all of a sudden uh, manifested in itself. T.Y. Hilton, uh, week 11, T.Y. Hilton wasn't even a top 50 wide receiver. Uh, and then in week 12, uh, all of a sudden, uh, I don't know. I, I th- this is really surprising because we're not talking about a rookie. We're talking about an all pro veteran and week 12. I don't know if he's made the all pro. He probably should, but even if he hasn't, um, week 12, 17th, he, so he went from not even appearing on the fifth top 50 list in week 11 to week 12 being 17th week, three, six wide receiver, six. Week 14, wide receiver five, and now he has the Houston Texans, as we've talked about in depth. He just completely blows them up. Uh, I, I, you know, why not? Why not continue the trend? Top 12 again. I like it. Uh, So definitely if you hung on to him and kudos to you if you did, because boy, was he garbage for 10 weeks or 11 weeks. Um, So this is the time to roll him out in the playoffs, especially against this matchup. As far as Chan Hansen, you know, I, I, he's done pretty well uh, since stepping in for Will Fuller. Uh, and again, I'd like to see if that continues and see if, if it's more than just Fogaming. Um, I mean, we won't know because Will Fuller won't be back. But I, I think if he can continues to climb the charts, then he might be someone we look forward to next year in a, in a dart throw situation. Yeah, I was going to say the Fulgaming would still would still apply in this one. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can continue to take advantage of his full, his opportunity to Fulgham, um, his, his his shot at Fulgaming. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Um, but, yeah, I think T.Y. Hilton, this is a smash play for him. And, and I think so does everybody else. I think he's a, a chalk play in a lot of uh, fantasy lineups this week. Um, a no doubter. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next one. A game that um, feels like it gets played every December and it feels like the Dolphins were the hot upstarts that would sometimes uh, uh, um, upset the the Patriots. You know, they would be three and three and uh, 12, you know, going into this week 16 game and somehow come or come out of it uh, four and 12. But it's uh, Patriots, Dolphins, uh, Patriots six and seven, Dolphins eight and five in the control seat, three point favorites. 41 and a half point over under. And this is another line that confused me because Miami just got the three point hat tip and um, they are much better um, than the uh, Patriots are um, at least on offense. So injuries in this one, uh, we got a, we got a, a good list of them. Uh, Jakeem Grant has a hamstring issue. Devonte Parker does as well. They're both questionable for this weekend. Uh, Mike Gesicki has a shoulder issue and he is uh, quote, likely to miss at least one game. So probably not going to have him this weekend. Uh, Sa- Salvin Ahmed has a shoulder issue and he is questionable. Uh, he probably isn't going to play. Uh, Miles Gaskin is on Corona IR. Matt Breida came off Corona IR. So there's a lot of um, moving parts, I guess we'll say, uh, for the Miami Dolphins uh 
weapons for Tua Tungavailoa, um, especially after last week, Lynn Bowden emerged, and Mike, you're going to talk about him in a minute. Um, as for the Patriots, uh, Julian Edelman is day-to-day, but I don't care. Um, so we'll start with Evan's question, and then because uh, I think that'll lead right into Mike. So, Evan, you want to know if Tua is emerged more graded or pureed? And as usual, I don't know what you mean by any of this. I mean that we saw Justin Herbert get Billichekified a couple of weeks ago. So I'm thinking they're going to tear Tua up, but I'm just wondering their consistency. Is it going to be more a grading or a puree? You know, li- more liquidy, I can sip up Tua through a straw, or I'll be sprinkling Tua on top of uh, a nice chicken parmesan. <laughs> I want yeah. to book for this, okay? That's what I'm wondering. There you go. So, um... Uh, uh, Mike, you want to know about Lynn Bowden, who kind of emerged last week? Yeah, and if you throw an N in Tua, you can have tuna, and then you could definitely grate it or puree it. Oh, pureed tuna. What was our joke when he got drafted? We said, what's the difference between Tua and tuna? One of those is no longer dolphin safe. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Good God. People listen to us? They do? Making jokes like that? All right. <laughs> oh, did I lose you guys? What? I think no. it's Mike. Um, no, you're good. You're good. Oh, okay. Mike, Lynn Bowden. <laughs> Lynn Bowden. I'm going to uh, leave that in. I haven't gone, oh my God, did I lose you guys? <laughs> <laughs> and just to segue just to segue it back to Mike, Calvin, what do you think of Lynn Bowden this week? Okay. All right, Mike. Thought, do you have a better I answer? I, 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 I think that's the perfect answer. Right. I thought I'd get a good old-fashioned that he poops too much, but okay. <laughs> I was going to ask if he had a better question than Calvin about Lynn Bowden, but it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like that's an apt question is what you're thinking. Yeah, so Lynn Bowden. Um, you know, I, I don't know if we were too hard on I mean, Lynn Bowden is probably definitely fogaming in these situations. But you know, last week or the week before, he was – uh, RB25. And then, of course, last week he came on onto the scene and did uh, pretty well. Um, he uh, finished in the top 24. He was an uh, RB15. So he went from, sorry, he went from RB28 in week 13 to an RB15 uh, last week. And as we've seen, Overall, he's you know he has an opportunity to continue that streak, uh, especially with all the players that are out. Uh, he definitely has running running potential and receiving potential. I, I like him as a flex option in PPR leagues, uh, as you can probably put him, you know, either wide receiver or running back. But either way, he's going to get probably multiple points for you just because he will run the ball, he will catch the ball, and he's going to be fulgaming pretty hard. So if you do have him. I, I definitely would, would look to him as a flex option now. If you have a lot more flex options that are a lot better than him, then go for it. But he's really appealing to me. Yeah, I have to flex him in a keeper league where I have like injuries like Julio Jones and Antonio Gibson. Yeah, my only concern is that his upside is directly tied to Tua's, who were, we were trying to figure out what setting Bill Belichick is going to use on his blender. Uh, to tear apart Tua, but I mean, he could get um, some carries that like you mentioned. I'm rooting for Bowden only if, like, so I can change my team names to Tuna Bowden. T- tuna Bowden? Yeah. Is it like a tuna boat? Yeah. Now I'm not rooting for it so much. 
because I realize now that that comes off better orally, and it didn't even come off very well there. Yeah. Like, too, too about. Too about. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not going to work out well. So um, speaking of things that probably won't work out well, um, that's what's called a transition. Chicago and Minnesota, both are 6-7, and 46-point over under. Minnesota, three-point favorites. I think it's going to be a much bigger game than that for Minnesota. Um, there are no notable injuries for the Chicago Bears. Uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, Kyle Rudolph is out with a foot issue. Alexander Madison is uh, questionable with an appendectomy um recovery and um which i believe was two weeks ago now and uh, evan you want to know with the issues surrounding um kyle rudolph if uh, Er smith is a good option in this week yeah people are always even even championship teams people are looking for tight ends and uh uh rudolph out Rudolph's out a lot i'm thinking you know Irv Smith might be a decent top 12 play, even though the industry has him as, as 18th. I, I, I'm thinking, I don't know. I kind of like that matchup. Chicago is not great against tight ends, and, and, and Cousins is gonna is probably going to be looking there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think if you're in, in a bind, you could do a lot worse than Irv Smith this week. He's uh, Over the last few games, he started to sort of, uh, I think, up his... Uh, up his ante a little bit. Uh, let me pull up his stats real quick. Four for 63 in in the last game. Not too great. Two for 23 in the game before, but he had two touchdowns against Detroit. So that's kind of what you're looking for. You're in that that range when you're looking at Irv Smith. I mean, you could slot out Mike Isicki and slot in Irv Smith and see see how that goes. Um, it's in the like Logan Thomas range is how I like to put it. You know that Logan Thomas, Eric Ebron, like somewhere between six and sixteen on any given week, depending on if they score a touchdown. But a guy that um, I think will finish between somewhere between six and sixteen, hopefully closer to six. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, Mike, you want to know if he can take advantage of this Minnesota matchup? Yeah, and just to further Irv Smith, uh, the Bears are 29th easiest to score on for tight ends and i think uh i, I do really i don't know why Irv smith is at 18 that really is kind of confusing to me i think seems low yeah harder. yeah um and as far as mitchell trubisky uh he had probably his best game uh in his career maybe week 14 against houston with 30 fantasy points um and then he scored 24 against the packers uh, the vikings have allowed six quarterbacks to score at least 24 points. So you're looking at almost like a floor for Mitch Trubisky at 24 points. And um, I, I think he, he, you know, we're not looking at top six from Trubisky. I don't think you could ever look at top six for Trubisky. But tro- uh, top 12 is very much in play in here, especially with a guy who can run when necessary. Uh, he, he can um, scoot. So he's not going to put up, you know, 50 rushing yards or, 30 he might put up 20 40 or 15 at the most but he can get you some points yeah he uh he's um he's coming around towards the end of the year which was possibly the worst thing that could happen to the bears because they'll be like oh maybe this mitchell trubisky guy uh, maybe it's not so bad and and you know that that happens every year he's he's one of those he's he's you know definitely one of those players that wow look at those great numbers he put up at the end of the year maybe he does have something since you know he was the second pick of the draft and we're gonna really go with him and then you know he'll fall flat on his face and he won't be the starting quarterback by week five next year 
I'm already knowing that I'm going to write because I write the what to remember and the Chicago and I go alphabetically. So the Chicago Bears are coming up hot in the next couple of weeks. I write it once week 16 ends. And uh, I already know that I'm going to be doing a uh, what's probably going to be disingenuous. Mitchell Trubisky, when he returned from his injury, if you write his games out to a whole season, blah, 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 because it, it makes him, it, you know, it's just not necessarily good or bad, but it's something we have to remember. And um, yeah, I think that'll that'll happen. Uh, for troops and it'll trick the bears. So um, let's go ahead. Let's move on to Seattle and Washington football team. Seattle nine and four. Washington are six and seven. This is a 43 and a half point over under. So I believe this is the yeah, this is tied for the third lowest uh, over under of the week. And uh, Seattle's six-point favorites. Um, injuries in this one. Greg Olson is designated to return from IR. He tore his plantar fascia four weeks ago. Um, it's got a four to six week timetable to return. I don't even if he's activated, don't do it. Even if he's activated next week, don't do it. This he's DTM for fantasy purposes. For Washington, Antonio Gibson is out with his turf toe issue. Or I'm sorry, he's doubtful with his turf toe issue, and Alex Smith is out with his calf. I would not count on Antonio Gibson in this one though. With that in mind, Mike, you want to know if JD McKissick can be a top twenty four play this week. Yeah, I really like his opportunity. He might be fulgaming. Uh, um, Peyton Barber will definitely get some carries in there, but mm -hmm. they're also going to give carries to J.D. McKissick. And one of the big things that Seattle does against running backs is give up a lot of receptions. And one of the things that J.D. McKissick does very well is catch the ball. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I like it. I, I think McKissick uh, is, is definitely going to be putting up a lot of big points and uh, and I'm talking down towards the 24 area, maybe 20 to 24, which makes him a great uh, flex option for you. And he scored 16 PPR points in three of his past six games. And as you mentioned, with Antonio Gibson probably out, I, I really like this opportunity for McKissick uh, only, only in PPR leagues. Yeah, and in standard, I think you mentioned it, Mike, uh, Peyton Barber. He will definitely get a shot at things. Um, at, 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 uh, doing well this week. Um, the, I believe he's had, he's had double digit carries in each of the last three games. So, and he's been getting the stuff around the goal line. So, you know, uh, you can kind of squint and see a, a way that in non PPR, uh, scoring that he could be a good play, um, this weekend, uh, as a, if you're in a, in a, in a pinch and it's for the touchdown upside, um, I would not be completely banking on it, though. It, it's just a uh, desperation play. And uh, speaking of desperation, Evan wants to know what the heck is going on with Tyler Lockett, if we have more Lockett woes to deal with. Lockett in his last four games is averaging 40th, 40th among receivers. That's not startable in a three-wide receiver league. That's not startable in a two-wide receiver in a flex league. Uh, you have to start him here. Just based on overall body of work and uh, even though Washington is good but if he does another week outside of the top 30 36 against a white heart Rams team in December in week 16 there are going to be a lot of better possibilities than Tyler Lockett I hope that's not too white hot of a take <laughs> there are better possibilities than Tyler Lockett Evan I he's, I mean he's benchable Evan is our local Colin Coward time skip Bayless with things like there are better options than Tyler Lockett. One or two. I mean, like, I'm going to probably tell people, go through people's rosters uh, if they're in their championships and 
Uh-oh. We lost Evan. He his his uh his rant is not safe for work. We had to we had to bleep it out. He's actually on mute. He accidentally muted himself. Uh, I mute myself. I meant just to clarify. I meant like people are gonna come in with their rosters championship week. Did he do it again? To uh, most likely find three wide receivers to start over them. Am I going in and out? Yeah, I think that'll do it for uh, Seattle and Washington football team. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to Jacksonville and Baltimore. Jacksonville one and twelve. Baltimore eight and five. Forty-seven and a half point over under. Baltimore. 13 point favorites in this one uh it's going to be a blowout game uh at least that's what the folks in the desert believe uh james robinson was limited but don't worry he was uh taken off the injury report on friday gardner Minshew will be starting again in this one uh hollywood brown uh miles boykin and uh proche whose first name i am blanking on is it james, james? James Proch. Oh, see, I didn't blink. James Proch, all are on COVID list with close contacts. They are expected to play. They are trending towards clearing off of that before uh, the game time um, kickoff on Sunday morning. So I don't know if you'd be starting any of them. Hollywood is a desperation play against Jacksonville. But um, in this one, uh, Evan, you want to know if we're going to start any Baltimore back in this game? Yeah, I mean... Dobbins, most likely top 24. Edwards, most likely flexible. You can run on Jacksonville. You can do whatever you want on the 1-12 in Jaguars. And I imagine that Baltimore is just going to want to sit on a lead to get to 9-5. and five. So I'm wondering, I'm like, hey, has Baltimore come from a can't start any of these teams to a, hey, you can start two of these teams, which would be remarkable. Yeah, I mean, um, they really they gave Mark Ingram what, what one snap last week, so they've really condensed it down to just they the, gave those. Them the, didn't they give him the starting snap too? And then they're like, okay, we've seen enough. Did they do that? <laughs> I think so. Oh my god, that's incredible. <laughs> Good job, guys. But yeah, I think uh, with them winnowing it down to two running backs, and it's a run-heavy offense, even with Lamar Jackson stealing rushing attempts. I think that yeah, you nailed it. Running back two and flex. Mike, uh, do you disagree with that notion? No, it's it's it's, it's a mess. They're they're going to go with two, three backs, even if two or three backs are are on the you know DL. It, it's just or IR. Um, yeah, it, you just have to avoid that whole entire situation. There you go. Yeah, it's um. Uh, so you you think that it's not it's not one that you can lean into this week. No, I it's just too much. And like like you were saying, you know, desperation touchdown maybe. Um, but no, you can't. Yeah, you have to avoid it. So we got a couple of different uh, opinions here on what to do with this uh, Baltimore backfield. So we'll see how that one plays out. Um, but Mike, you want to know if James Robinson can pull off being top twenty four in this game? So yeah, James Robinson uh, has been in the top twenty four. Interesting enough, the long. I was going to say pretty much all year, right? Yeah, pretty much all year. Uh, the longest streak. Uh, no other oh. running back has, has a consecutive streak as long as James Robinson has in the top 24, which means that, you know, Alvin Kamara has fallen off, of course, as we've seen. Davin Cook, is, I think he was week eight. So that's when he started his streak. So James Robinson, since week six, has not fallen out of the top 24, but now he has the Baltimore Ravens. And... As we know, the Ravens' defense is pretty tough. Uh, 
But I, you know, I kind of like it. I, I think that um, j- just he's just so tough because he's he catches the ball and he's the goal line back and he just as we talk about volume, he's probably one of the king of the volumes because no one else is threatening his job at all. And part of the reason is because he does it so well and he does so many different aspects so well that it's hard to bet against him, even against the Ravens. And therefore, I think the streak is going to continue. So if you have James Robinson, and I know you're looking at the Ravens defense and going, you know, I just don't know about this. Um, Do know about it because I really feel strongly about it. And in fact, as I'm even looking at the numbers uh, against uh, running backs, the Ravens are 21st in allowing points. Easiest to score on. 21st easiest team to score on for running backs. So feel all security, put them in, and even if it's the Ravens, and I know you're looking at it as the Ravens, they're bad, and they're, James Robinson is is your dude. Yeah, so don't worry about uh, you know what you might see on the matchups. This smash start this week. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I like the, 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 the top 24 streak taking a look at that. Um, so let's go ahead and let's move on to the next game, uh, Jets and Rams. And, um, I wrote for the Jets, uh, for their injury report. Honestly, who cares? Are we playing any of these players? And for the Rams, uh, Woods did not practice Wednesday, but it was rest. So nothing much of note here. 43 and a half point over under Rams. This is another smash game, 17 point favorites. And, um, Mike, you want to know uh, what we're doing with the wide receivers in this one? Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Jamison Crowder. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of teams out there could have a mixture of all three, if not mm-hmm. all three, depending on where they're drafted at. And I was, you know, I was like, okay, so if I have all three, what what am I going to do with this? And even though it's the Jets, the the Rams have leaned on Cam Cam Acres, um, Cakers. I like that much easier to say. Uh, the last few. Weeks. I like Cakers. <laughs> I, I do like that. I, I, we were saying that in the like, beginning of the year. Yeah, that's my thing where you take the first initial and the last name. You do it. That's what happens when you have small children. You got to get them interested in learning history. I like that. Yeah, Cakers. It is. Uh, Not the first president of the United States, Washington. Washington. Like Washington. That. Huh. All right. Um. So Cakers has seen 50 carries over the last two weeks, and they've been pretty evenly split. 21 against Arizona. 29 against uh, New England, uh, and he turned those 50 carries into 243 yards and a touchdown. Uh, both Cup and Woods have have not been dramatically affected by this, but with the Jets, I can see the Rams' offense, and the Rams have one of those really slow, methodical offenses, so they take a lot of time. Think of the Colts with Peyton Manning. They take a lot of time. They run down the play clock, and then they, they execute their play. So when you're running the ball a lot and you're ahead, which I think they probably, as, as a point spread says, I think the wide receivers, Cups and Woods, are going to not have those points as you probably would hope for against the Jets because it's going to be a slow clock. It's going to be a running offense, and they're going to be ahead. So they're going to even run even more if it's not just Cakers. Uh, as far as the Jets are considered, with Crowder, they're going to be in catch-up mode. So they're going to be throwing a lot, a lot of dump offs, a lot of quick passes, and that's going to benefit Jamison Crowder. And even importantly, Jamison Crowder won't have that Jalen Ramsey matchup because Crowder plays in the slot and and uh, Ramsey is going to be on one of the wings. So I would not be surprised 
to see Jameson Crowder actually have more points than Cup, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods by the end of the day. All right, yeah, it's a it's a good set of uh, wide receivers to check out and see, you know, who who can do well and throwing Jamison Crowder in the mix on top of with the Cup and Woods uh, stack is an, an interesting way of looking at it. So Evan, you want to know um, if the Rams defense is going to be number one or number two this week? This is one of those games, like you said, it's a 17 point spread. This is one of those games that the Jets are going to win. And people are going to be like, any given Sunday, what, oh, because the Jets are the coldest team, the Rams are the hottest team. That said, don't go betting on that, people. It's just one of those things that could happen. Uh, Yeah, Rams defense. Let me just pull that up. Uh, I don't see how that they can't own unless they do one of those games where the Jets score zero points and the Rams have zero turnovers and just three and out them every single time because they can't. But... The the Los Angeles Rams defense is still available in four percent of leagues. What's going on? That's four. You're 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 saying what's going on to four percent of leagues? Four percent, yeah. Everyone everyone who's in the playoffs is is pretty good at fantasy football, and they should all be like, huh? I have a pretty good defense, but I'm gonna start the Rams instead because they're available because I'm in that four percent of leagues. Oh, okay. Well, shoot. Let me see if I'm in those for that 4% of leagues. I am not. All right. Uh, so I like, wants if to you go... don't know how Jeff just did that, you can go to Yahoo. If you're on Yahoo and you're in multiple leagues, you can click on the little uh, lines next to a team or player name. And at the top, it says league availability. And I'll tell you right away which leagues, if any, it's available in. Yeah, you can you can do a quick quick search to see if uh, they're available in any leagues. That's why I found out during this podcast. I, apparently, Brandon Ayuk was available in one of my leagues. Don't know how that yes. happened, but now he's not because I took him. So um, I'm doing that. Yep. All right. Well, I know he's not available in the Football Absurdity Experts League. I already checked that one. All right. So let's go. Ahead. Let's talk about the next one. Uh, Philadelphia and Arizona as uh, a 105 kickoff. Philadelphia four eight and one. The Cardinals seven and six. This is a 49 and a half point over under. The Cardinals are six and a half point favorites. Um, injuries in this one um, are uh, Darius Slay has a concussion. He was limited at practice. He uh, should be able to play. Chase Edmonds or uh, Evan, to your point, I wrote Chedmonds on my note. Did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday with an ankle issue. And um, that means good things for Kenyon Drake this weekend, who neither of you guys have a question about him, so I just would like to dig up a fact I heard, which uh, he has been a top 10 uh, running back since week four, so uh, Kenyon Drake started off a little slow, but uh, he's actually been doing pretty well for folks this season. It's been a lot of touchdowns, I believe. Uh, Evan, in this one, you want to know if uh, um, Kyler Murray is going to get right with a running game against a strong defensive line? Yeah, Philadelphia's defensive line looked mean against New Orleans. That's one of the things that doesn't really show up. Uh, that's one of the big main reasons why they uh, beat them. And, uh, you know, Murray, when he gets a strong defensive line, he likes to run it, which is great for fantasy, not great for Arizona winning games. And Murray has, has developed in the last uh, two years. But I'm wondering if uh, this is a – people are thinking of benching him for – Oh, what did somebody say they wanted to bench him for? Goff. And I'm what? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, too cute. Too cute. Way too cute. 
Come on, man. There's, there's, I, there's a script in here. You, you, I think it was Waleed, and Waleed came to the correct decision, which is why do I have Murray if not to start him in the playoffs? What am I doing? Exactly. I think that's <laughs> a definite dance with who brung you situation. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna set him off for Kyler Murray, I mean for Jared Goff, you got to make a note to yourself next year to not draft a quarterback high because if you're gonna panic about this sort of thing, uh, yeah, don't I, the the exact thing that Waleed said. If I'm not gonna start him now, why do I even have him? Um. So, yeah, and uh, Mike, you want to know if uh, Jalen Hurts so good or Hurts so bad? And this is an apt question, his second full t- uh, start in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I've watched him and I, I want to definitely get more into him. But there's a lot of hype around him. And I just. I, I just don't know. I, I mean, he's he scored close to 20 points in the first start against the Saints. Um, and as we know, the Saints is definitely not only a great team against the run, but also against the pass. And the Eagles scored 24 points, which was a big, big game for, for them. Uh, and he probably did what Carson Wentz couldn't. But does that actually mean a quarterback is good especially when you don't really have a history on a quarterback. Uh, so, I mean, all their history is on Carson Wentz. So, yeah, you can you can game plan, but you don't really have the nuances and the intricacies of what a quarterback can do. So big games can happen, as we've seen from Taysom Hill. You, you know, these, these guys have big games and good games because there's no tape on these guys. There's no history on these guys. So is it more of a history thing with Jalen Hurts and being good? Or is it one of those things where once we get some knowledge and get the understanding of who Jalen Hurts is, is he going to be hurting bad? So is it going to be hurt so good or hurt so bad? Well, I hope he hurts so good because I'm starting him in the Football Assertity Writers League playoffs, baby. Are you doing that over? Oh, is he you? Are you teaming him with Mitchell or? Yeah, I'm going Troops, Hurts, and leaving Drew Locke on the bench. God, I so want you and Waleed to win. Face off in the finals again, except this time Waleed starts Andy Dalton. And I beat him with Mitchell Trubisky, and I send him into a, just the ultimate spiral. Because <laughs> if you folks don't know, um, Waleed, one of the founders, he was on the podcast last week. Uh, he um, He's a Bears fan, so beat, and I beat him in the Riders League last year with Andy Dalton. After I told him all week that I was going to beat him with Andy Dalton, and then that's exactly what happened. So I hope to repeat that with Mitchell Trubisky this season. And so uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on to uh, the game of the week, which might be the game of the season, uh, Chiefs and Saints. And uh, there's a big player out for this one, and it's not Drew Brees, who was originally thought to be out. It's Michael Thomas, Breezes has risen. He will be playing this weekend. And um, Michael Thomas, uh, you know what? He's uh, maybe Drew Brees, you know, pooped in his cornflakes or something. He just can't get on the field with Drew Brees this year. Um, And uh, he will not be playing this week. Uh, For the Chiefs, no notable injuries in this one. And um, Mike, I got the news broke after you put the uh, the document together because you wanted to know about Taysom Hill. So why don't we go to Evan first? Who wants to know if Breeze is going to make Alvin Kamara great again? You figured out what it stood for. Awesome. That's right. Yeah, I said Breeze going to Macga. I originally had Breeze going to Macatga because I threw in and Thomas, but that was a quick little Showtime edit. Yeah, come on, make Mark, Kamara hasn't been 
bad. He's just not been league winning good like he was the first 12 weeks or so. So let's see that Breeze, the old Breeze magic where, you know, Breeze, Breeze is never going to think, hey, I could probably sprint to the left here and pick up 20 yards like Taysom Hill thinks. He'll just think, hey, I can I can probably hand it to Ivan Kamara here. So Yeah, I mean, I I, I'll go for it. I was going to say, I think it's going to be a big game for Alvin Kamara this week. I think that no Michael Thomas. I mean, who who is Drew Brees going to lean on? Yeah, I uh, I don't roster him in either of the leagues where I'm in the playoffs still. But even I don't know if I'm against him or not because I don't look at my opponent's players. But even if I was, I'd still, I'd still want him to blow up because it sucks when uh, an injury derails. And it's not even the player you have, but a player related to him derails a championship season from a, from a good player. Yeah, this is my in my my keeper league with contracts. His contract is about to run out, and uh, I had him as a one dollar keeper from his rookie year, and his contract's gonna run out. So this is my last hurrah with Alvin Kamara. So I hope he has a big game, uh, a couple big games, and leads me to my second title with him. That sure would be nice, a nice way to go out. So um, Mike, what do you want to? What are you looking for in this game? I'm gonna be looking at um, because there's no Michael Thomas. And because Tyreek Hill has just been unstoppable this year, uh, I want to see who's going to have a better game. T.Y. Oh, T.Y. Where did I get that from? Uh, <laughs> Ty, Tyreek Hill. Maybe that's where it is. The two. Yeah. T-Y, the Ty- T. Hill ton, son. And then. Um, so, yeah. Will Hill have a better game or will Emmanuel, why don't Emmanuel Sanders, um, the Cheat this. I know that sounds kind of like, why would you compete Tyreek Hill versus Emmanuel Sanders? But as I was talking about earlier, the Saints defense all around is just a mountain. And so Hill will have to climb the mountain and a mountain's bigger than Hill. So <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders is, might have the mountain where Hill has the hill and therefore Sanders climbs the hill over the mountain. Yeah, perfect. Nailed it. Nailed the dismount. So, in short, Tyreek Hill or Emmanuel Sanders. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if if you want to get spicy with it, here's what I would ask: Will Tyreek Hill? And you don't you don't have to even you know, do more this. spicy. Will Tyreek Hill outscore all of the Saints wide receivers combined? That was really spicy to begin with. Yeah. So so we'll see how that goes. I like that question though, Mike, with the. Uh, the hill and the mountain metaphor, uh, it worked out well. So uh, that's a game I'm excited for. Very happy the Niners have a 10 a.m. game so I can watch uh, Chiefs and Saints in the afternoon. And uh, let's go ahead and move on to Sunday night football. Uh, Cleveland 9-4. and four. The Giants are 5-8. and eight. This is a 44-point over-under. Cleveland 6.5-point favorites. This game was flexed into primetime because the NFL took one look at Niners-Cowboys and went, no, 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 we won't be doing that. And so instead, we got uh, Danny Dimes versus uh, Baker Mayfield in this one. And injuries in this one, um, Austin Hooper, who was out last week with a neck injury, was limited in practice. He's questionable, but you probably shouldn't be starting him given that he's not been good for a while now. And um, for the Giants, uh, Bradbury, who's their corner, who is a very good corner, is on the COVID list. But I was looking into it. It looks like he he pretty much stays outside. Jarvis Landry pretty much stays inside, so it's not affecting Jarvis Landry. Um, it's more your Rashard Higginses and your uh, Daryl Hodges. Um, and then Devonta Freeman is questionable for Sunday. Uh, he has ankle, hamstring, and COVID issues. And uh, 
Evan Ingram popped up late in the week with a calf injury. He was a late add, so questionable for him to play. So monitor that on Saturday and see if you have some good pivots that you can pivot to. Caden Smith usually does well in um, Ingram's absence. So in this one, Evan wants to know how the Browns are going to Browns this up to make the Giants look good. Yeah, on paper, it looks great. In fact, some people who had Taysom Hill were asking today, should I pick up and start Baker Mayfield? No. No, you should not pick up and start Baker Mayfield, who had, okay, like, you look at his last three weeks, 22, well, two weeks, 36 points against the uh, Titans. Ooh, 34 points against the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, those are decent defenses. Yeah, but guess what else he does? Against the Vegas non-existent passing defense, 7.78 points. Against Houston's non-existent defense, 5.38 points. The, the, you can't depend on that in your playoffs. This is a, you're not, you can't, you need a high floor if you've made the playoffs with Taysom Hill, of all people, as as your quarterback, or some other guy who has a high floor but a low ceiling. You need to replace him with somebody who has a high floor and a low ceiling, and Baker Mayfield has the exact opposite of that. So, I and something's going to happen. Something's going to happen because Cleveland always plays down to their whatever team or up to whatever team they're playing. Something's going to happen where some part of Cleveland doesn't work like it should because the Giants are pretty bad. See, I was uh, – all those uh, low-point games, I was thinking the opposite. Those were all monsoon games, I believe. So, I was thinking that Baker Mayfield oh, is a – Monsoon games. Yeah. I was thinking that he was a high-floor, low-ceiling play because uh, – the Browns were probably going to play it safe um, and not, you know, go go too crazy. Um, but, you know, it's also probably equally likely that uh, playing it safe uh, means lots of chunt, chunt, lots yeah, of chunt, chunt and hub. That's what I don't like. <laughs> yeah. So um, so actually, yeah, now that I've spoke, talked it through, it probably is going to be a lot of hunt and chub, which means not a lot of Baker. So, Evan, I re- recant my statement. Well, I also am glad you brought that up because I did not take the uh, hurricane games into play. Yeah, the the tsunami games. What else can we call them? The uh, inclement weather. The little drizzle. All right. Um, in this one, Mike, you want to know uh, if uh, one of Baker's targets, Jarvis Landry, if he's going to be top 24 in this game. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, Bradbury won't be on him. Uh, because he mans the outside where Landry is definitely more into the slot. Mm-hmm. So Darnay Holmes will be on Landry, and Holmes is allowing 35 of 45 passing for 337 yards. Dude gets burned. Um, so I, I really like Landry in this this spot. Um, he, he hasn't, uh, he ha- Holmes has not given up a touchdown, but you know, slot receivers don't really catch many touchdowns. Uh, so I, I again, I, I think with, with what you're looking at for Landry is probably around the top 24 anyways, anywhere from 15 to the 20 is w- where I see him being. And if you have him, you, you definitely have to put him in as your flexed option, uh, so or at least a wide receiver too as well. Um, I expect Landry to get a lot of targets, so that that's what you want at your slot receiver. Yeah, he has. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I Jarvis Landry just continues year over year to just do this thing where he just ends up. You, you turn around and he has a lot of targets. And um, since the monsoon games, which he's played three games without. Uh, uh, 
Odell Beckham after the monsoons. He has averaged 86 yards, seven and a, seven and a half catches per game. So great, great numbers there from Jarvis Landry. And I think this one might be uh, pretty good as well for him. So I'm excited to see how that one plays out as well. So let's go ahead and finish um, this week on the worst game of the week. I actually was thinking this might be the worst game of the week. Monday Night Football. Steelers and Bengals. Steelers are 11 and 2. Bengals are 2, 10 and 1. This is a 40.5 point over under. And uh, this one does have the lowest over under of the week. Nobody got the ignominious uh, um, designation of being in the 30s, but the Steelers are 13 point favorites. So this is going to be a low scoring blowout, which is always a fun game. Injuries in this one. Uh, James Conner did not practice this week with quad issues. Watch his practice reports on Saturday. Um, I picked up uh, Benny Snell just in case, just to play some jujitsu. I'm not feeling like uh, starting him. And um, for the Bengals, Geno Atkins uh, went to IR with a shoulder injury. His time with the Bengals is probably over. Brandon Allen was sidelined with a knee injury. And I'm realizing that I missed my joke for the Giants-Browns game. So I'm going to say it right now. Jason Garrett has COVID, so he's likely to miss the game. But if I thought Jason Garrett was going to get a sickness, you know what I thought he would get? Bird flu? The clap. Thanks, folks. <laughs> he loves the clap. All right. So, Mike, back to this game. Uh, I'm glad we circled back around to make that terrible joke uh, on wax. But you want to know if Deontay Johnson can be uh, in the top 24 or, and I'm going to add this, or if he drops out. Ah, I like that. Deontay uh, drops he, in, baby. He he definitely does. He, he continuously drops the ball. It's just you see so much skill and athletic ability out of Deontay Johnson. He makes so many great plays, and then he'll just drop the ball. Um, he's had five drops in the last two games, and uh, he's likely going to use the Bengals as that get-right game, and I see that happening. Uh, he has been on a streak of at least 12 fantasy points in five consecutive games before of course, the Buffalo game, which no Steeler did well. Um, he And he only got seven targets. So it, it just wasn't one of those games. They came off a bad loss, and I think it just affected them mentally. And, and against Buffalo, they just didn't do anything offensively. The thing I think what I like about Roethlisberger is no matter how many times DJ drops the ball, he keeps going to him. And I, I don't think that regardless of the situation, Roethlisberger is going to continue to go to him um, as evident by his 10 plus targets each game that Johnson has finished. So every game that Johnson has not been hurt on, I think he's been out of like five games or something like that. But every game that Johnson's able to finish, he's getting at least 10 plus targets. The Bengals are 16th against wide receivers and fantasy points allowed. It might not be all that easy because of that, but I, I don't think it matters. I, I think Roethlisberger is going to continuously feed Johnson the ball, and it's it's going to be another touchdown, maybe like five, six receptions. It should be a very good day for Deontay Johnson. Yeah, and uh, I was thinking about this game, and I was thinking about uh, how the Steelers have lost two straight after you know they were 11-0. and 0. And um, what better way for them to wash the taste out of their mouth of losing two games in a row to just absolutely body slam the Bengals yeah. on Monday night football. Like that, it feels like this game was manufactured in a lab to, you know, be a get right game for the Steelers. Cause it is going to be a bloodbath. And, um, I think that not only will Deontay Johnson do well, I think that, um, we're going to, uh, 
long touchdown for Chase Claypool's on the horizon, and I think uh, Juju Smith-Schuster also uh, gets back right. I think this is going to be a big game for a lot of people in the uh, black and black and yellow. So Evan wants to know on the other side of the football, what should you look at when Cincinnati is playing offense? And I would say literally anything else up to and including snuff films. <laughs> oh, the, this is probably going to be a snuff film. Um, the uh, thing is, when you're you know doing scouting, you're watching the all 22s or whatever, you can watch a bad team because you're like, well, you know, let me see where the quarterback is in their rotation so I can recommend a sleeper wide receiver in future weeks or whatever, or who's getting the carries. But here it's like, I don't. there's nothing I'm going to learn from this. Then I'm going to be like, ha-ha, all you Week 16 championship people, here is the Cincinnati offensive player to get. No, no one's going to be getting anyone in Cincinnati. So I'm like, for once, I just I don't have anything to study. So I guess Jeff answered me as to what I should look at when Cincinnati's playing offense. You know, it's going to be Monday Night Football. I'm going to have nothing else to do. Maybe I'll start a round. Maybe I'll start a game in the Discord. There Stop. you go. Doing literally anything else other than watching the Bengals play. Sure. <sighs> what a terrible game to end Monday to end this this slate on. I mean, I, I get that they couldn't, you know, rotate it out, but I wish they could have uh, flexed this one. But you know, with the rules that they have in place, they can't. But um, yeah, so let's uh, let's call it for the week 15 uh, roundup here, um, and let's take a look ahead at FanDuel. So um, this is. Uh, Week 15, we're nearing the end of the season. So, Mike, why don't you let us know what's going on with FanDuel for this week? Yeah, I'd be happy to because guess who's back in the win column again? Is it me? No, no. Uh, I'm never in the win column. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even remember when the last time that, that – let's see. We have to really go back a long way for that one. Scroll, uh, scroll, 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 <laughs> scroll, scroll. Page turn, page turn, page turn. Uh, <laughs> So, um, yeah, last week, week 14, I scored 145.9 points, which eh, won't get you in the winner's column, won't earn you money, but it's pretty dang close. Second place, Evan, uh, 132.3, and then Jeff with his 116.6. Overall, uh, I'm back in first place. Overall, again, 1765. Evan, 1760, and Jeff, long, long way from that 1700 mark at 1680. We're heating up. Is there only two more weeks left? Did we do this? Two more. Oh, man, five-point difference. That's right. I could come back and win it. Uh, never. All right, so, Mike, why don't you start us off with what your lineup's going to be for this week's, uh, this week's showdown between the three of us. This week, we have at quarterback, and this pains me, pains me to say, oh, I don't like this dude. Um, Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Oh, look at this. Mike's favorite player. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I was just like, oh, 8,200. But that Jacksonville defense is just, ugh. And as we were talking about earlier, um, and I was saying, no, nah, I don't, I don't believe it. But I, I think if any of these players – any of these running backs has a chance at, at doing this. This would be J.K. Dobbins. So running back, J.K. Dobbins. I got Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins. Um, the other running back is Jonathan Taylor. And then wide receivers, Brandon Ayuk, Calvin Ridley, and Marvin Jones. Uh, I went kind of cheap there. 
6,900 for Ayuk, 6,100 for Jones. And then Ridley, of course, is at 85. Tight end, Evans' boyfriend, Dallas Godert, 5,900. And the flex, but no mess, T.Y. Hilton, 6,800. And defense, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even though that Atlanta offense is deadly. I know, no, probably no Julio Jones. It, it's just a mess. So I, I like the Buccaneers in, in this week. So to run it down, Jackson at quarterback, running backs, Dobbins, Taylor, wide receivers, Ayuk, don't be a yuck, Calvin Ridley, Marvin Jones, tight end, Dallas Goddard, Flex, T.Y. Hilton, and at defense, the Tampa Bay Bucks. All right. Good lineup. I like it, uh, which means it's going to do terrible because I like it. <laughs> yeah, because I like it. All right, Evan, let's talk about your lineup. So first thing I did was write down uh, Derek Henry for 102. And then I wrote down the Rams for 50. Oh, you know what that is? That's uh, hundreds. Henry for 10,200, Rams for 5,000. And then I had Tom. So then I just built around that. Tom Brady, I think, is going to flip out against Atlanta. So I got him for 7,900. Uh, give me Jeff Wilson Jr. for 5,800. Yeah, most are practicing back. But I seem to recall every time he's come back in, they've they've eased him back in, and the second player has done better. I don't know. I needed a cheap play, so I did it there. And I guess Corey Davis for 6,800. Apparently, he's been he's been doing all right. And then I want to get on this T.Y. Hilton feel-good train here. So I also dialed him in for 6,800. And I don't know. There's no... There's no uh, Julio Jones, is, as Mike mentioned, and, you know, Atlanta's going to be throwing it a lot because Tampa Bay is going to blow them up. So I'll, I'll take some Russell Gage for 5,700. You know, when I when I started with Henry at over 10,000, I really had to pay myself into some some low-budget plays. And also uh, uh, Dobbins for 5,900 I thought was oddly small for a guy who's picked to be uh, in the top 18. And as I said before, the Rams, 5,000. So from the top, Tom Brady, Derrick Henry. Jeff Wilson Jr., Corey Davis, T.Y. Hilton, Russell Gage. Oh, and I forgot this one, but of course, my boyfriend, Dallas Goddard for 5,700. Uh, J.K. Dobbins and the Rams' white-hot defense. Wow. Uh, I guess so our uh, cancel-out player of the week is T.Y. Hilton. Um, <laughs> we're all starting him against Houston, which is the uh, the smart play. So let me go through uh, my lineup. So if you want to get third place out of three, this is definitely the lineup you're going <laughs> to want to uh, to emulate because I can just get that with regularly or with regularity. So at quarterback, I am going with the recently reactivated Drusif Breeze. Because uh, he's only 7500 bucks, so I thought, why not? Because I was able to pair him with Alvin Kamara, for only se- who is also very low price, 7800 bucks, And because of that, I was able to get Derrick Henry into my lineup. Brandon Ayuk, T.Y. Hilton, and Russell Gage are my wide receivers. Um, and that was on the back of the news of uh, uh, Julio Jones not playing this week. Then I have Irv Smith at tight end. Um, again, I made this lineup after the Friday uh, inactives report, so the Kyle Rudolph inactive, I leaned into that. Also going to start Jeff Wilson Jr. And to make this all work, I am leaning into a uh, matchup here with uh, what's either going to be Chase Daniel or an injured Matthew Stafford uh, for Detroit. So I'm going to go ahead and go on the pump play for 3900 bucks. the Titans defense. So, again, that's Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Brandon Ayuk, T.Y. Hilton, Russell Gage, Irv Smith. I almost said Ito Smith. I will not be using Ito Smith. 
and Jeff Wilson Jr. And to make that all work, the Tennessee Titans defense. So uh, hopefully by leaning into stars, I will be able to at least get second place. That's what I'm hoping for. But more than likely, what's going to happen is the Titans are going to get negative points and I'm going to cry into my Cheerios once again. So that does it for the week 15 episode of the football absurdity podcast. I forgot to ask how many of your leagues are you guys still alive in? Like what percentage? 33. 33. Um, like 0% almost. I mean, a oh, lot of, no. <laughs> um, a lot of my leagues of course are, um, rebuilding. So, um, oh. that's, I, I'd say 90% of my, my leagues that I've carried on, are all in rebuilding process, but, uh, the 10%, um, I'm in pro I'm in 1%. Okay. Well, I'm in five leagues. One is a rebuilding dynasty league and, um, I made the playoffs in the other three. Sorry. I have six I... leagues, six leagues made the playoffs in the four of the find five non-rebuilding dynasty leagues, the, the redraft and keeper league. So feeling pretty good about this year, boys. That's good. That's yeah. Really good. Money, I'm, I'm, money, money. I'm pretty happy about that. That's right. Money, money, money. He works hard for middling amounts of money. So um, if you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you'd like to hear the answers to these questions, we will be back on Tuesday in our Patreon feed, which is patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. It is only three bucks a month, and uh, we will be doing content all year round. Um, if we're gonna, I, I think uh, we'll stick to the schedule that we did last year. One episode a week, one in the main feed, one in the bonus feed alternating. So if you want to hear us every week, uh, three bucks a month will do it. So... For Mike, for Avid, this is Jeff. Good luck to everybody in your fantasy semifinals. Thanks for listening. Take care. Uh, I'm going to add more clauses here because I'm just going to make my voice keep going higher. And you have a good one. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.